Welcome to Talking in Stations, June 8th. I am Adderall here with some of the crew at Talking in Stations. We're going to go through today's news. It is patch notes or patch day. And uh, we'll look at that. Also, CSM elections have started today. So the voting is underway and it should go for about a week. And there's a bunch of other news, too. We're back after a week break and uh, glad to be back. So let me introduce who's in the room with me today. There is Abby Rova. How are you doing? Hey, everybody. There is uh, Shen. How are you doing, Shen? Doing well. Hello, everyone. And Gregorian is with us. Good evening. All right. Let me turn you up just a little bit, Shen, and speak a little louder if you can. Okay. So starting off today, we have uh, the login rewards. You've probably noticed those. Those are in celebration of democracy which uh, refers to the CSM elections. So there it is. Looks like skill points, uh, skins, and uh, various items. Do not forget to uh, get these. They're free if you log in. And uh, how many days is it? It's It's five five days uh, out of... And it looks like the event runs for seven with five days of rewards. All right, so you have a couple days grace period. That's how they usually do the login events. Okay, so uh, Tigery is asking uh, for a CSM ballot. We should probably say this up front. Uh, we don't have like an official ballot the way other people have it. Uh, and we can get to this when we talk about CSM and strategy and what ballots mean and why they're important. Um, but instead, what we do is endorse people that we think are subject matter experts. And we just say, here's their area of expertise, and this is the name. And we release that out, and uh, I can reveal that to you today. Uh, because I just sent that email out to our newspaper saying, here's some of the candidates that we endorse. If you uh, feel like voting for them, here, the, here are their names. And so there was Arcia, uh, who does role-playing. And actually, she does small gang FCing. And uh, she does uh, small gang. And there's Kenneth Feld, of course, who's a big-time industrialist and shipyard owner. Uh, there's uh, Dr. Spodjamine. Spod. And uh, he does third-party apps and uh, a variety of things, really. And he's a CEO of a corporation alliance. And there is uh, Sutonia, who is uh, a genius uh, theory crafter and basically overall PvP expert. Um, there is uh, Teddy. Jenny, Teddy, I don't know his last name, but Teddy. He's the GVYC. Right. Uh, and he is Wormholes. Uh, he, that's what he specializes in, lived there a long time, has a ton of knowledge about that. And then Rich Richman, who is uh, anti-cheat and uh, a small gang guy. So those are their platforms. We also endorse not one of our subject matter experts, but just an everyman. And that is the person you saw yesterday, the magical Mike Azariah. Okay. And we'll talk about that when we get to... Uh, the CSM and uh, what the ballots look like for other groups. But if you wanted to vote in favor of TIS because you like TIS, you trust TIS, and they bring you diversity and expertise, uh, we've mailed that list to our in-game newspaper, and uh, we can probably uh, prepare a list and, and put that up in this chat as well and on the show notes. So we'll get to more of that. All join the in-game newspaper as well. Yes. And then... Good time to plug that, right? Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you know how to join that newspaper in case people want to do it that haven't already? 
I don't know. Why, why, why don't you explain to me? How exactly do I do it? <laughs> I think I will. Uh, on your character inside the game, when you look at your mail, because people send you email inside of a game, uh, at the bottom left of the uh, column, the left column is add mailing list. And so if you click that button, it gives you the option of adding a mailing list, but it doesn't provide you with any suggestions. You have to know the name of the mailing list you're trying to get to. And so the, the TIS newspaper is actually called TIS News. And so you type in TIS News and you will get your first mail that says, hey, welcome to the newspaper. And then every day after that, you will get an email with news, straight up news, not opinion and not um, blog or anything like that. It's just straight up news coming at you every day. So you can know what's going on all around the cluster. So check that out. Thanks for asking, Ed. Yeah, while we're here, big shout out to... Um... Aderland. Oh, yeah, Aderland. Thank you. I always... Uh... We, we know him as his real name, so... Yeah, exactly. Uh, Aderland, uh, he's a fantastic um, guy who does an amazing amount of work for the newspaper, so you should definitely join and check it out. Okay. And then come on the Discord and, and tell Aderland what a great job he did. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's patch day. Uh, and again, there's login rewards, but let's go over to the patch and see uh, what's there. Oh, where's the patch notes? Let me grab those. There they are. Version 1905 of patch notes are, let's see, what jumped out at you guys? Um. Players are now able to apply more than one daily alpha injector without a server restart, so without a 24-hour timer. Can you explain that? I think what it means is as long as you have a 24-hour timer, you don't have to wait for the server to restart, which might have meant you ended up waiting like 28 hours, depending oh. on like the last time you took your last one and time zone for you, right? Yeah, so this is... Uh... A daily alpha injector. And it's not something that I deal with all the time, but I can see how that would be a problem. Well, funnily enough, that's the same kind of thing there has leaked over. So corporations can now join faction warfare without a server restart with that 24-hour timer. So you might have had to wait 24 hours, but then you needed a restart and it would have delayed things. So that's kind of nice, just a little quality of life improvements. You know, what that kind of looks to me like is they figured that looks like an uh, under the um, the inner workings fix. Like they fixed something for one thing, but that little thing that they fixed applies to other things as well. The 24 hour. Yeah, it's kind of like they've managed to unwrangle some yeah. spaghetti passcode. Exactly. That's a better way to put it. Interesting. I always like audio in EVE, so I'm intrigued by the uh, modified, the atmospheric audio in G44 Hangar's interior scene. If there's some... Same, yeah. I want to. I need to go back to GEDA and see what it sounds like. Or log my GEDA alt in, more specifically. That's how you go back to GEDA, you log the alt in. Uh, okay, so the uh, here is what we just talked about. The Daily Democracy event is now live and will run until 11... UTC on January 15th. Citizens of New Eden can cast their vote in the Democratic player elections for the 16th Council of Stellar Management, as we know at the CSM. To celebrate this important moment in EVE Online yearly cycle, all players can claim free gifts from skill points to unique ships and filaments as part of the event. 
all accounts older than 60 days with an Omega clone status are eligible to vote in the player elections and actively participate in the selection process of the council that will be collaborating with CCP in the ongoing development of EVE Online. Interesting. This is something that was debated a lot. Will alphas get a chance to vote? And they thought that could just be gamed so much that they said no. So alphas cannot vote. And your account cannot be new so that somebody can't prop up 50 accounts for one month to get themselves elected. Yeah, there was um, a few bugs with the voting system when it went live. So like it kind of 404'd and then... It was showing everyone a warning saying, like, you are an alpha, even if you were, like, 100% an Omega, right? Um, but they kind of fixed that one in an hour or two and relaunched it, and it's been working fine since. Um, voted no problem. Yeah, I heard about that bug. I didn't know how fast it got fixed, but I'm glad it did. Okay, this is the thing we've been waiting for. And uh, they snuck it in, all cloaky. And that is the module for cloaking. That's now uh, been put into the game, and I'll read this here. All cloaking device modules now grant the ship a temporarily buff cloak stabilization. This is a temporary buff. This temporary buff will prevent being decloaked from the new mobile observatory introduced in this update. The duration of the buff is 15 minutes and can be reapplied to full duration again simply by activating your cloak module again. That's, there's no change to this cloaking module, right? We've talked about it a couple weeks ago when it was announced. Uh, but here's a developer comment. We are setting up the new hardened cloak buff with 15-minute duration to start, but in the future, we have the option of adding even more time-specific cloaks or even certain ship class types if needed. So I, I think what they're saying there is we're going to start here and... We have the ability, we have the dials inside the machinery to, uh, to work it. To add, add ships that may need to be added or taken off and to adjust the time if something's just not working out. So uh, they're signaling that this is, this is not where it will end, this is where it begins, this whole cloaking thing. And what is the whole cloaking thing? When do you guys want to explain that? Yeah, it's the thing we spent like a whole week talking about there a month ago. Um, <laughs> I assume that this is the first show that somebody's listening to. Uh, the the new module is called a mobile observatory, and it is a deployable structure in space. It is kind of like a mobile depot or a tractor unit, but it is one use only. Uh, so once you drop it, it's gone. You cannot pick it up. Uh, it takes 10 minutes to online, and then once it onlines, it will send out a whole ping throughout the whole system. And if you happen to be cloaked up in the system and you do not have your cloak stabilization uh, affecting you, you will have a 40% chance of being decloaked. Uh, the cloak stabilization is this. Once you hit your cloaking device for the first 15 minutes, you are immune to any pings decloaking you. And then obviously uh, decloaking and recloaking. So if you were to like cycle your cloak in a in a long warp, once you land again, you would have another fifteen minutes like immunity from being pinged down. Uh, this mobile observatory lasts for roughly two hours, and um, you can anchor up to ten at a time in a system. So you could have, uh, if you stagger them one minute apart, you would have a ping every minute uh, for like two hours. 
So to start, um, it, it's not a module you put on your ship. This is something you deploy out of your cargo. Yes, yeah. It's like a 100 meters cube. It's like a tractor unit or a, or a depot, but it's one use. Kind of so, like a mobile sign I want to have. So 100, as well. 100 cubic meters uh, won't fit in a shuttle, but pretty much everything else, right? Shuttle holds 50, I believe. Yeah, ten basically. I mean, any frigate. I think 10, ten for shuttles. Oh, uh, but any frigate should 50, be able then. to fit. Yeah, no. but I think uh, frigates are fifty. Like frigates around a hundred to hundred fifty. Okay, most of the frigates. So they should be able to carry this, but probably not shuttles. Yeah, no shuttles, definitely no. Okay. So there's also kind of rules of this thing. Um, Obviously, this only works in null sec and low sec. It does not work in high sec, and it does not work in wormholes. It does not work in poshfin. It does not work in abyssal space, obviously, I guess. Um, and it also is disallowed in dead space areas. So what that means is once you drop this in space, it actually shows up on your overview kind of like a a faction warfare site or a drifter wormhole or a jove observatory so anyone can see it and warp to it you are not allowed to put it in a dead space site which is a type of pve site that could be filled with rats um i guess if you know that that would hurt the the that would hinder the cloaky person to destroy it if they have to go to this dead space site take a load of gates and try and fight the rats before they kill it because these things aren't strong they can be blown up uh, pretty easily but there is uh, you know it can't be dropped within a certain distance of stargates uh, ESS's control towers so it kind of has to be at a planet or a moon or out in a safe spot or something alright we're getting some uh, that's nice we're getting some comments here. Uh, let's see if I can read one of these. Um, where did I just see that? Oh, first of all, uh, Big Tuna Big Turkey says shuttle can only hold 10 uh, cubic meters, and he's right. But there is a shuttle that can carry 15, I believe. There's a special shuttle. It's a little more expensive. And uh, it's used, actually, by couriers who have to carry a package that's a little bit over 10 and there are actually some, I don't know if they're missions, but there are some reasons to have a little more than 10 um, cargo space, 10 cubic meters. And that shuttle works really well for those missions. Okay. The other comments were, what's this about hiding in ESS? This is a uh, datum says uh, AI yeah. cloakers can just sit in ESS. ESS so is uh, encounter surveillance system. Yeah, it's the thing you have to break in to, to um, steal the money in, in Nullsec sites, right? Mm -hmm. And you, you have to take a gate, and then you land in the middle of a 75-kilometer bubble. You have to uh, afterburner. There's no micro-warp drives. Um, you can't cloak for 150 with, with in range of the central tower beacon. Um, the mobile observatory cannot go within a 1,000 kilometers of an ESS so yeah the ESS was the first type of dead space that came to my mind when couldn't be done in dead space because I have no doubt that people would try to put it there if it was allowed I see so the idea is that you, you put this module down and somebody can come and destroy it so if you put it in ESS they would have to come and destroy it and be subject to being slow and having to fight to destroy it. 
Is that what? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, it can't it can't go. Someone's asking there. Um, I thought it meant it didn't work on things in dead space pockets. Um, no, it just means you can't drop one in a dead space pocket, like in a site full of rats and stuff uh, and other to protect it. dead space. Right. Yes, to help protect yeah. it. All this it is a strategy. To... Sorry, all this is a strategy to drop it in a place where it can't be destroyed easily by the AFK cloaker who may want to destroy it to remain hidden without any effort. Yeah, because they're very weak. I mean, they have like half the the hit points of a, a mobile tracker unit, I think. So you can you can kill one very easily and very quickly. I mean, there's a way to protect it with rat as well. Uh, if you go to a Forsaken uh, or Forlorn uh, rally point, I think, if you kill the uh, right amount of battleship in the right order, you will trigger a huge wave of spawning. And things like a, just a Forlorn rally point, it's just a normal combat anomaly. It's not a dead space pocket. You can still put uh, your uh, mobile observatory in or around that, uh, that area. So it's, so that was a common strategy that people used uh, back in the days before the ESS uh, ESS change. So maybe people can use the same way to protect uh, this uh, deployable as uh, the ESS. I don't. Um, well, I think in like a war, you'd definitely work to protect it. I think in a situation where, if you're a defender and you're you're being uh, cloaky camped as soon as you take one or two of these out and drop them in space the, the cloaky camper is going to leave or log off for the two hours yeah. well, well there's a lot to go over here uh, some interesting strategies we're going to be learning these over the next uh, few weeks as we see things out there and we'll dedicate a show to revisiting the whole cloaky camping uh, issue but let's move on to some other stuff here the mobile observatory uh, they have given the final units of uh, minerals that need to be used and or ingredients as we call them for this thing and the cost is 140 million it looks like that's for the blueprint oh for the blueprint oh yeah these for things the blueprint original these things should cost around 40 million each once they're built right that's for, yes okay they are selling for about 140 million in Gita right now <laughs> but that's just is rarity it? and because it's yeah. brand new today it takes three hours to build them yeah, but uh, that'll go down. Yeah, it's it's input materials cost about forty million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here is the mobile deployable, uh, the mobile observatory, and it talks about their statistics. So you can look that up on the patch notes. Uh, shield armor, everything's the same. Actually, uh, shield five thousand, armor five thousand, but hull is twenty thousand. They're disallowed in wormhole, Pochfin, abyssal space. This is all stuff that you have said, Abby. And yeah, so look that stuff up. I won't read through all of it now, but uh, you can look it up, uh, I think, probably inside the patch notes, but uh, maybe even in the info page of the actual thing. Okay, gates. Let's talk about gates here because they got built. Any art? Uh, yeah, they, they were getting built one way or another. Yeah, well, they're finally in the game now. And uh, we read a list of the leaderboards of people who were actually uh, mining to get these things built. Uh, and it was just a way of putting yourself on a leaderboard, which would put you in the list uh, that was permanent with the gate. So people could look up who donated minerals to the effort. And uh, so all that uh, 
is there now. And you have gates from the forge to Genesis, Metropolis to Genesis, Placid to Solitude. That's an interesting one. And Peshmerkin to Stain. So Stain finally has a low sec gate. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a fan of either the Solitude or the Stain gate. So the guy who famously campaigned on Reddit for the Stain gate, he held this event to see who would get the last of his corpses before he deletes the Stain guy character now that that meme campaign is done. And he's also in hat requested to be permanently banned from the main eve subreddit okay so as a way of marking this yeah he becomes ashes okay uh so abby the the people who actually mind get put on these monuments that are near the gates is that right yes the names of the like players and the alliances um there's two different lists per gate and then also for like each side of the gate i think Mm mm-hmm because uh, it's kind of, you know, there's both ends of the gate jump. Um, yeah, the Solitude one is interesting for people who don't know. It's because it's got, like, the biggest high-sec island. Um, I believe it's one of the biggest high-sec islands, if not the biggest high-sec island, uh, which is a, a large region of high-sec systems that's surrounded by low-sec. That's why it's an island. You have to go through the low-sec to get there. Yeah, um, I really like the idea of high-sec island. I used to uh, live mainly on the Placid Island and surrounding Losec when I was a new player, and I really like the idea of Highsec Islands, and I wish there were more of Highsec was islanded, because hmm. I like those places. Great. Same. I, w- I would open up the client and have a look at it and stuff, but we've had uh, overheating problems with, uh, with the client on. I think I have to actually get a new computer or something that can handle it, and then I can actually look at the map and show you where these things are. But uh, we've told you where they are, so you might uh, look on your map when you're in the client and uh, check these places out. Okay. Uh, finally, user interface of filter. These are always little treasures, right? If you have, if you have played Eve long enough, uh, you would be shocked at how... Um, how mystical the knowledge was to figure out how to do something. And they have a very long way in over 15 years of improving the user interface uh, to what it is today. So these things have always been little, little treats for some people because they usually address a problem. Somebody has had a pain point. So we'll read these here. User interface added a filter in the fleet composition window. So you can filter on any of the text and added group summary the fleet summary page that's just improvements on a new thing that they put in called uh, well it's the fleet composition window maybe that's not new maybe that's the old one yeah it's in the fleet finder like the fleet finder upgrade added a new interface for doing it but all the old way is still there right is this change for the old way and the new way or is it just in the new way because I think they make a list of the, the fleets you can join and the uh, uh, what's called the agency. I'll be honest, I don't use the agency, I use the old way. Yeah, 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 that's true. So, this might be an, an upgrade to the thing that they already upgraded. Okay, the exterior view, uh, exterior view disabled UI message will fade out entirely after 20 seconds when first enabled. Okay, kind of sounds like a little fix. 
And then finally added Eve Academy tutorial videos to the help section of the agency. That is big news for a lot of people uh, that are looking for more information on how to do something, how to do a profession. Uh, they have uh, started with four different professions and you can find those in the uh, agency, which is your basic window to find everything in Eve Online. And uh, so look for that inside the tutorial area. Right. Can I just say as well, actually, you might have missed something there. If you look in the first two items, they have a little handshake emoji. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that, that, um, that okay. yeah, it's a handshake emoji. They've started adding this now to the patch notes, and it signifies an item which has been added in because of community feedback. Oh, rewarding, rewarding the players or giving feedback and responsiveness to the ideas, therefore encouraging more ideas okay yes yeah yeah so then if, we can also blame you know, you, players whenever we see that we'll be like the players did this uh yeah but i mean enough of them did it that you know it was a good idea and these ideas filter through your csm candidates or you know through the discords that's ecp reading stuff but uh funny. Giving, i just thought it was a nice little touch giving credit oh that's nice that is, I did miss that. That was a good one. Okay, those are the patch notes for today. There's also some fixes we won't go over. We're short on time. Let us move on to democracy. CSM has elections have started today. Hope you voted. Yep. Let's have a look here. I did my part. Got my little badge and everything. Mm -hmm. All right. Actually, gonna... you should get a little badge in game that you can put on your character. A medal, right? I voted in these elections. We have uh, a Talking Stations Discord, if you haven't been there. Uh, you go to talkingstations.com slash Discord. And on there we have a channel called CSM Corner. And the CSM Corner is all about the council, uh, council, council of Stellar Management. And uh, in there we have put the ballots. So let's have a look. Going to break people's expectation of privacy here and put up our Discord. And, oh, here's a letter from Talking In Stations. So I am going to take this list of people, plus Mike Azraya here. Put that in with you guys, just in case you want to see that. And we'll look here under our pinned, because this will tell you what the ballots are. So let's have a look at what other people are voting and... Oh, this is the timeline. So this ends on the voting period ends on the 15th. So middle of the month, the uh, middle of the month election. Yeah, this day next week. Yeah. Okay. Or, well, yeah. Imperium ballot is uh, no surprise. It's all Imperium people because they told everybody else to piss off. Mm -hmm. It's basically their words, except they won't use what they actually said. Merkel Chan and Nominate Brisk in that order. Bacalus Orden who incidentally uh, did some things that I'm concerned about. He bought up, I think it was him, or somebody bought up 69 or more different uh, variations of talking in stations, and he redirected them all to a CSM page. So a little bit, a little bit creepy, guys. Uh, then, or ingenious, depends on how you look at it. Angry Mustache at six, uh, Micromancer. I didn't know he was running, Micromancer. Hmm. He was involved in that diversion too, or at least congratulated people doing it. 
uh, Zanuria uh, at eight, and then Suetonia and the Russian player I Beast, who is con is known also as Lucy Lou. That is their ticket. After sixth place on any ballot, it's essentially honorable mention. The votes won't trickle down that far. Uh, if we're looking at Pappy, this may not be accurate. This was something that uh, was made before today, and I think they made some last-minute adjustments, but this is what it was. And for Pandemic Horde, it's uh, Gobbins in the first spot, and I'll read them in order. Gobbins, Rogod, Kenneth, Ron, Phantomite, and Arcia Elkin, who's one of our subject matter experts, which is nice to see. For Fraternity, the order is reversed with basically the same people. You have Kenneth up front, Dobbins, Progod, Billy, Phantomite, Arcia Elkin. And for NCPL, that normally vote uh, similarly, you have Kenneth, Progod, Gobbins, Ron USMC, Phantomite, Arcia Elkin. Uh, actually, yeah, the I one second. The uh, idea with uh, putting up separate uh, ballots is that different groups within Pappy can all put together uh, the enough first choice votes to get guaranteed people's seats. So it's to get as many of them as possible guaranteed seats. Big hello to Chappie out in the audience. Uh, you guys remember Chappie as the guy that we had a gigantic birthday bash for in uh, high sec. I think there's actually a memorial uh, a monument out there for him. So, hey, Chappie, it's good to see you. Always good to see you. Yeah, it's always good to hear from you, especially since you were, weren't expecting to be around this long. Every day is a, a blessing for all of us, I think. So NCPL uh, votes in that order. And uh, what I, I also wanted to mention that Kenneth is a talking in stations uh, subject matter expert in industry. So he's on the list too. But it looks like he's in really good shape at the top of a couple of... Uh, couple of uh, lists and I think this might be the it doesn't open up more this might be a, an adjusted but no it looks looks the same as was test on there test wasn't on there so here's test it's kind of small test so small I'll read it to you though Billy pro God Ron who is in test so he's number three on their list then Gobbins Phantomite and Arcia uh, you don't see they left off uh, Kenneth and put Ron in instead. Um, okay, and this is LinkNet ballot. LinkNet ballot. I wonder who this is. Uh, but their number one candidate is Mike Azariah. It's uh, sorry, it's Silent Company. Silent Company. Okay, that's potentially a lot of votes because Silent Company has the most amount of players in an alliance. I think it's upwards of 40,000. We can check that. Uh, somebody check that number for me. It Thank is, you. yeah. It's about that, yeah. They're the largest single alliance. Okay. And yeah. I, this will be, uh, if they do get this vote pretty heavy, that'll be a, a great way to reject the commonly held notion that they include a lot of uh, inactives and alphas. Well, you don't grow to 40,000 in high sec without... Uh, having a lot of inactives. Uh, they, I think they basically contact everybody that's new into the game and say, if you want to join a corporation, here we are. And they offer uh, new player services and stuff like that to help them out. But everybody gets that email that joins this game, apparently. They figured out some way to do that. And so they've grown to the size of 40,000. 
whether they're all here or they're all omegas. Subbed. Yeah, yeah, subbed for two months. And they have to be here for two months, right? We don't know. So we don't know how strong that block is. But because by two months, you wonder if somebody sticks around or if somebody moves on or, you know, who knows? Um, their leader actually ran last year and didn't make it. So who knows? But here's their list. And hopefully this will help all these candidates because it's a big group, possibly. Mike Azariah is in first. Aldavius, he is from uh, Pashven. In second, Dr. Spod, uh, also from Talking In Stations, is in third. Jurious Doctor, Rick's Javix, a uh, community guy who's an amazing artist, is there in fifth. And uh, Winsense, Winston Witch, I just said it really fast, so uh, if I said it wrong, nobody would know. I don't know that much about him. Wormholer. Thank you. Uh, Phantomite in seventh, Uriel, who is uh, the, uh, they call him the dreamy lore guy, because he's uh, very good looking, but he's also amazingly talented. And he has an amazing brain because he can memorize so much stuff about the lore. So that's Uriel. He's in eighth place. Then comes Brisk. And then R.C. Elkin again. Okay, Ashy, who runs uh, Ashy in Space. That's Ashy in dot space. Uh, put out her picks. She is the leader of a wormhole group called Fox Holders. Fox, oh, Fox. yeah, Fox Holders. I bet I know who the top choice on Ashy's list is. <laughs> Could it be Teddy? Ding. Yeah, Could it be? that's my guess. Yeah, I'll put my money on Teddy. And yeah, she, she puts uh, Rick's Javix at number two. Probably two artists, uh, and there's probably other stuff there too. Uh, Mark Resurrectus, uh, I'm sure that's a wormholder too, right? It is, and DJ, he's a wormholder. Yeah. Stitch Canlin, who did really well a few years ago when he was put at the top of Initiative's ballot, he's a small gang guy, and there he is at number four. And then you have another wormholder, Wince, we'll call him, because he has a long name. And then finally, rounding out the sixth spot, Utonia. And remember, after the sixth spot, you're pretty much a ceremonial pick. Ashtarothi, who we all know, has put out his list. Now, he did a ton of interviews. So, um, Actually, big shout-out to him because he basically interviewed almost everybody. Like, He did a ton of fantastic work. If you haven't voted yet and you're undecided and you really don't know anything about the candidates, you should check out some of his stuff. It's really good. Yeah, and um, he... Let's see. Uh, he picked... And again, he's the guy that went and interviewed everybody, and he's an open-minded guy, right? So he's probably kind of a good gauge for a neutral blank slate. He doesn't have preferences coming into this. And I think when he interviewed, he probably also took away preferences so that he could say, I'm going to vote for the people that most appealed to me based on just how they came across and what they were talking about. And so the number one spot, the winner of that, is Dr. Spod. That's a surprise and a shock. Uh, it's not like they were friendly at talking in stations, but they uh, both, you know, are at talking in stations. So Dr. Spod, second place, Mike Azariah, third place, Arcia Elkin. I would have thought Arcia would be in first since they both have a lot more in common, but Dr. Spod must have impressed the pants off him. Must yeah, been... Spod Gunning is strong. <laughs> He's capable of that, isn't he? Yeah, he had great interviews. Uh, Jurious Doctor in fourth place. Uh, Evio Cuvo, I think that is a wormholer. It is indeed, yeah. 
Navy is in wingspan, and there's some people don't consider them to be wormholers, but they definitely do have a focus on doing stuff in wormholes. Okay. Yeah, but he is on the praise Bob ticket, I believe, and he is kind of on all the wormhole talk, so he is or isn't a real wormholder, depending on where you draw a line. Yeah. All right, and so then, uh, again, that's sixth place Suetonia there. Then you run into the, uh, again, the ceremonial section, which is 7 through 10. Rix, Javix in 7th, uh, Zeromus, Plague, uh, Stitch, Caneland again, and Angry Mustache in 10th. So that's Ashtarothi's uh, vote. That's not a ballot. It's basically his suggestions on uh, who, who, uh, who you should vote for. And then finally, we have, I believe that's a finally. No, we have more here. Um, oh, a lot more. This is, oh, this is Gobbins. Okay, so this is uh, Pandemic Horde. Let's just make sure it's correct. The first three. Yeah, that's, that. yeah, I can confirm that I saw that ping. First three spots are bold. So that means that is important to put those first three in exactly that order because uh, there is a collusion between the groups that are in Pappy. This is one of them. So Gobbins. Progod, Kenneth, in that order. And then Ron, Phantomite Vili, Arcia, Uriel, Richter, and Sado. Let's look here. This is... That's the... A different way of looking at some of the same stuff we read out. There was a poll that was put out there. And uh, this was among wormholers, I believe, right? Here are the results of the Praise Bob CSM poll. So this is voluntary, and you don't know if they... Uh, and this was early on, on the first day, but Stitch getting 61 votes out of Wormholders, and he's more of a small gang guy, so that's pretty cool. And then Mark uh, Resurrectus uh, looks like he came out in the lead by a few at 69. Suetonia, also not a Wormholder, but uh, pulling in 39... There's Teddy at 36 and Phantomite below that at 29. That is the first five positions. Again, a poll from Praise Bob, a wormhole uh, Discord. Yeah, a lot of the wormhole community is kind of coalesced behind Mark. Um, he seems to be the forerunner that they're pushing. Um, and obviously they see, you know, good things in Setonia and kind of Phantomite as well, who are outside and, and less on the wormhole ticket than Teddy and Stitch. Good. So another big group is Wrecking Crew. They're the residents of Providence region at this time. And they roam around and they did some thrashing over in Legacy Space over the last year. Uh, and the top of that list is the CEO from one of their lead alliances called Dreadbomb, and that is Sado. He's an FC. And you have White Orchid from... From pandemic. Oh, he's he's currently in Volta. He was a director in Waffles for yeah. several years, which that's how I know him since I used to be in Waffles. Actually, I first encountered him when I was with Eve University, and he's a former member, former main FC for them, actually. Uh, I actually kind of followed a similar path to him in that way. So that I I'm a big fan of him. He's currently in Volta, and but he's mostly known for having been in Waffles in as an independent alliance, a corporation in PL, and a corporation in Horde. Okay. 
Apparently I skipped Brave. I was looking for Braves. I didn't see it. Well, anyway, uh, let me finish this list from RC. Sado, White Orchid, Phantomite in three, Suetonia after that in four, and then I-Beast. Again, that's Lucy Blue. You've heard of him by that name. And finally, in sixth place, Gobbins. Then after that, you have Kenneth Feld, Villy, Ricks, and Dr. Spot again. Okay, and then finally, Oz's personal list of suggestions, and he has Dr. Spot in first place. They I are think you're friends. getting trolled here. I think this is, yeah, this is just Spot trying to get more publicity for himself. Uh, he pinned it to that channel. But it's posted by Oz. So, oh, uh, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I assume it's true. It's just that he's highlighting. It's absolutely it, so. true. You're just shilling for Dr. Spot now at this point, though. <laughs> um so yeah they're friends and uh oz is a popular streamer and building a nice big discord based on financial information so check that out okay if somebody can give me a link to brave i'm happy to pop it up and have a look at it and the the most recent one that i've i noticed was uh the one from uh declarations of war which is the podcast run by the corporation noir mm -hmm. and which who, who do they have listed uh, one is Brisk Grubal. In first place? Two, yes. Okay. Two is Stitch Caneland. Three is Suetonia. Four is Rix Javix. Five is iBeast. Six is Phantomite. Seven is Kenneth Feld. Eight is Mike Azariah. Nine is Arcia Elkin. Ten is... Mark Resurrectus, and he gave four uh, honorable mentions. Gobbins, Jurious Doctor, Teddy GBYC, and Maldavius. All right. So, Oh, uh, the, sorry. The Brave Ballad is those tree white blocks, if you scroll down. That was it? Oh, yeah. I see. They broke it into three. I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought that was three different alliances, and they were redundant, but... This is a long one because what they do is they say vote your interests inside of Brave. So if uh, if you want to support the coalition, they give you a list of options. We'll read that in a second. But if you have alternative plans, like you want to support wormholes, they give you a different list. And if you were in industry, they gave you yet yeah, a third list. So uh, yeah, the wormhole one. I think that's probably because Brave has actually a wormhole corporation within the Brave Alliance. Yeah. yeah, and they're not bad. Well, let's see if they're uh, colluding with Pappy here. You have Progod in first place. You have uh, Progod is not in Brave, but Brave, I suppose, doesn't have a candidate. So they voted for Test's candidate, and they voted for their second candidate because Billy's the first. So they reversed that. So Brave is uh, putting everything behind uh, Progod. And if you're supporting their coalition, you're voting this way. Uh, Pro God Legend, number one. Villy, number two. Ron, number three. Gobbins at fourth. Jurious Doctor. That's the first time we've seen him on a list in number five. He does a lot of work with new bros, so that's probably that. And then you have Wormhole Candidate coming in in sixth, Mark. Resurrectus. Then you have Kenneth Feld, Angry Mustache, and Arcia and Sado filling out the rest of it. That is if you vote the Brave Ticket. But if you're a wormhole and brave, it switches around. Mark, Progod, Villy, Ron, and so on. And if you're industry, you vote Jurius first, then Progod, Villy, Ron, Govins, Mark, Kenneth. Uh, so I, I, they gave three different options to their membership. That's the first time I've seen that. Interesting. 
I think the interesting thing about the industry changes and Kenneth being seventh on their ballot is that they're quite confident he'll get in on the other ballots. That's a good point. Yeah. Now, again, the collusion, let's talk about that because that is, that is interesting and it kind of shows uh, a lot of forethought. I think what happened here is, and I'm, and I'm guessing, but uh, from experience, what happened is that the Imperium... Because I, I know these groups make up their mind kind of late. But I think the Imperium came out and said, we're not going to do anybody any favors. We're voting for our own. Uh, screw everybody outside our uh, group. We don't want to trade votes like we have in the past. Now, in the past, they've traded the 6th, 7th, and 8th spot, which are mostly ceremonial. But they put gobbins on there. It's just kind of a sign of like, you know, we respect other, other groups. Uh, but their guys in the first six positions are usually pretty solid in favor of their coalition, which is all very logical. Um, but this year they were like, no, we're not going to do any of that. Um, and I thought about it and it's really, there's not many people they can reach out to trade votes with anyway. So I don't, I don't really know why it's different than other years, uh, except there's no ceremonial honorable mentions, but they pretty much said we're voting for only our own. So Pappy, and, and they said, let's win this. I think in, this is in one of the um, fireside chats the, where Matani talks about the CSM ballot that they're putting together. Let's show the server our, you know, our numbers, our power, that kind of stuff. So I think Pappy, as a response, was like, oh, yeah, we're going to get our stuff together this year, and we're going to match what you do, and if not, beat it. You're not going to show us up on the CSM election. Now, normally NCPL don't care about it. Um, I don't know how much tests care about it, but it's, it's just not, their culture is not really too tied into uh, this whole thing, but they're really serious this time. So they've done calculations. Yeah. Go ahead. The only thing that Pappy Alliances can all agree on is wanting to be youths. <laughs> I think they gave them a chance. See, that's the thing. They gave them a marker uh, to beat, and these guys are now trying to beat it. I'm not sure they would have done that if that hadn't happened. So it's interesting to see these guys really strategic, right? And Abby, you you were just talking about this. Can you explain how the strategy works? Huh? Or not? I can explain it. No, I mean, yeah. huh? How the strategy works of how like Horde will vote one way, and then Fraternity votes a different way, and then NCPL votes a third way, and Oh yeah, well, it it's just with the transferable vote system, and and as you were alluding to all night, right? The top, the top six six spots really matter, and of that, like your top three are kind of most important. So what, yeah, um, it seems they've done is you know they split their votes so that uh, with their crossover and the way it'll spill down, you, you you're looking at ideally the top three or four guys here between the happy forces will get in, hopefully. Um, you know, obviously, uh, it, it remains to be seen, but, um, if, if everyone votes for the one and then the people get eliminated from the bottom and the top spill up and, and the, the votes spill up and the votes kind of spill down, uh, with, with the way it's chance. <laughs> I think you fell asleep just a second ago. Well, th this is how they vote in your country, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so you know this well, this system. Yeah, but it's a little bit different because it's not like 40 for 12 places in the one thing. But how it works is like the, 
they will look at all the votes cast and they will come up with a minimum number people need to meet. And that'll be your first round. So uh, if you don't meet that and you're eliminated, the votes that would have gone for you on those ballots will be distributed to... Uh, like if I put Spod first and he didn't get in, um, um, then that would be eliminated. And if I had Kenneth second, then my vote would go to Kenneth, for instance, right? Right. So, so what Pappy are doing is they're, they're, instead of everyone having the same ticket for all four or five uh, alliances in this super coalition or whatever it is, they have kind of split it up a bit more and spread it out. And but because they're still roughly the same, you know, it's still got your gobbins, just the order is slightly different. It doesn't matter that the order is slightly different. They can rely on the fact that there will be this spillover and these votes bleeding up and down. And so their top kind of ideally for them, three, four and five positions will get filled irregardless. So they have a lot of confidence just looking at this, that Horde alone can put gobbins in contention, put them in basically. Uh, but fraternity yeah. and NCPL neither of those groups has that kind of potential population. So they had to double up on Kenneth to make sure that Kenneth gets in there. And he's vote number one for them, but he's third for uh, Horde because Horde is a lot more guys, right? Right. So a, a third spot on Horde might be, let's say, a thousand people. Yeah. But um, it wouldn't be on Frat or NC. Right. And you can see... So... Per- yeah. Yeah, go on. Progod bounces around uh, the bottom here. Actually, he's in second place in Horde. Wow, he's really, he's really going to make it because uh, he can do second in Horde. Is that's already a big number because he gets everything Goblins doesn't get, uh, and he's third in Fraternity. But NCPL has him second, so that's that's a strong showing for him. And then I don't know what he's on on tests, but Vili, it doesn't appear very much in here except under Fraternity. But he's number one on test. So they think that Test can get a guy in with a lot of confidence, and he might need just a few more votes out of fraternity to make that real. It's really interesting how this works, but basically Pappy has put together um, put together all their votes into one giant thing, and they've divided it up per group uh, to make sure that they get maximum. And we think they'll get four or five for sure, and they might even get six. So it just depends on what kind of day they have. Yeah, it really does. I mean, I could definitely see them walking away with three or four if kind of, quote-unquote, the people vote the way the state tells them to. Uh, I'd be surprised if, at minimum, Gobbins, Kenneth, Vili, and Piroga didn't get on. Right, so it's a solid yep. four, we think, if it goes the way it should. Uh, they might get a fifth on there and then maybe possibly help out a sixth, depending on Phantomite or even Arcia, what kind of... Uh, um, what kind of strong opening they have. If they if they do, then they get to ride some coattails at the end. So they have to survive long enough to inherit votes. They might get knocked off too early, and then when the votes trickle down from these groups that have already gotten in, there may not be a candidate there to receive those votes, so then it goes to somebody else. Happens too. Very interesting. Yeah, the, the likes of Fandomite and Arcea at five and six is that they have to get enough votes for their own communities to get them past those first couple of rounds. Um, but if they manage that, uh, you know, these, these endorsements at five, six and seven from, from these blocks can definitely take you from getting, you know, 19th place and not getting on the CSM up to ninth place and actually getting that very last seat. Yeah. 
Well, uh, we're looking for TIS audience to pump a bunch of votes into uh, Arcia uh, and Spod there that might have uh, surprise coattails to inherit if they can live long enough. So think Terry about that. as well. Who's that? Well, you just said Spod and Arcia. I mean, you, were, you can't just say can't, two and not say the Arcea. whole crew. All right, all right. Who else? Uh, Tutonia, who I love. He's an amazing, amazing uh Encyclopedic, really. He has an encyclopedic mind about EVE Online. Uh, and then uh, Teddy and Rich. And Kenneth. Hello, Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenneth's getting need it. Any help. So, Kenneth's getting it. <laughs> yeah. He's good. He's good. But whatever. Yeah, Suetonia, I think, is great. I don't know if he has enough support this year. I'm not trying to downplay his chances. If you like Suetonia, help him out. Uh, I don't know if he has the constituency... Even though he's a former CSM member and, and, and people understand what he can do and have res and put him in there before. So maybe he can do it again. It'd be interesting. I think seeing Setonia's name on lots of different black votes show how uh, even the big blocks, I, I guess, respect and appreciate his, his input and knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. It's always a good sign. Same with Arcia, same with Spot, same with these people. If if they're if these kind of blocks are are putting them even at a lower level, it just signifies that this is someone they know, they respect, and they feel they can work with. Yeah, I, I would like to see Estonia grab no, also, secret votes there. Go ahead. Also, for those uh, smaller alliances uh, that are in legacy, even though they are not showing their uh, alliance ballots, but they they still have a um, a reasonable uh, population. Right, everyone else in Legacy uh, combined together, like Federation Uprising, Severance, um, uh, Evictus, and AOM. Like we are, we have a decent. Not we can't compete with those like big big alliances, but everyone else in Legacy combined together, we still have a somewhat of a, a voting power. So yeah. Yeah. Here, here's the last thing we'll say on it. That's null set groups, right? They release what they're going to vote and. I think there's an intimidation for, for people who aren't affiliated with these big groups, like the one you're talking about. Maybe people out there by themselves or in small groups or in high sec, or we think of that as the high sec vote and how it's disorganized and all this. And, and really people don't participate because they don't maybe even know who's on the ballot or anything like that. So um, what you should do is, is, you know, look for the candidates on the, uh, the official page. They have a list of the candidates and uh, and vote your gameplay, whatever gameplay they come from, uh, at least do that. But if you vote as someone who feels disenfranchised and it doesn't matter, if you vote and the guy next to you and, or the girl next to you votes, eventually those numbers can overwhelm uh, NullSec. NullSec is not magical. There are more people in high sec and other game styles. If those people would put uh, their votes in there, we could have, see some interesting upsets, which for us would be fascinating. Good luck to you. Yeah, and as well on that, sorry, like you, you might give someone votes and they might not get in this year, but next year they might run or the year after that. And so they will have built up enough of a profile of, you know, climbing higher and higher. So it's kind of worth it for that as well. Yep. Right. So people run once or twice just to get name recognition. And then when they run the third time, their name has recognizable. And people who are like, yeah, I know that name. I think I like that person. Then they go ahead and vote for that. Vote, vote, vote. It's one of those things where it uh, it will matter to you. So don't put it off. It's only a week. And if you put it off even for one day, you will forget. And then the week will go by and your vote won't have been counted. So get in there. Uh, okay. 
So, God, we have a lot of news. We may have to postpone it. We're at the one hour mark. Is there anything urgent? If not, we'll table it to tomorrow and talk about it then. Uh, Shen, you you have anything that's uh, urgent? Uh, I don't think anything urgent, no. Hmm. Yeah. Everything's just basically past news that we haven't talked about during our break. Yeah. I'll tell you what. If you let's, We have you here. Let's go. We haven't given you a lot of chance to talk, but why don't you tell us some stuff about what's going on in NullSec? Uh, okay, so uh, right after we left off, uh, before the break, uh, IGC lost uh, a keep start right. um, in Faith of Alice. So after that keep start died, um, basically Fire, I think they basically concluded their grind in, uh, in Faith of Alice. Right now it's basically more grinding in terms of structures, but uh, I think IGC just retreated uh, out of Faith at this moment. They're out of fate, the ballists. What was the nature of their situation there? They were the renters that stopped paying? That kind of thing? Basically, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you, you saw, like, uh, basically, is the Fire um, fire Coalition brought their uh, supercarrier and Titan fleet, even though the Titans, uh, they're not on the kill mill, but uh, they were there, uh, tethered on the fort. Uh, and But you saw, like, uh, two two fleets from Pappy, uh, one from Test, uh, one from Horde. So so it's kind of like a group effort, uh, but it's lead uh, by Fire. All right, Core dropped, right? Was it Core? Yeah. No, that's fuel. Yeah, oh, yeah. Also, there's a good uh, story behind it. It's yeah, like it's uh, after the keep, yeah, after the keep start popped, uh, there's a whirlpool popped out of the keep start, <laughs> and that whirlpool looted the core. Uh, but that Roku got tackled and it died really quickly. But the core, uh, but the core dropped again in the Roku as well. Wait, so what did it do? Oh. So okay, plus so, thirty bill to to Pappy to fire basically. So it did. The core didn't die. Let's explain that because that's kind of interesting. The um, uh, when you destroy a keep star, the core will always pop out, hundred percent, never fails. Um, but if somebody picks it yes. up and puts it in their cargo and you shoot that person and they blow up, well, then it has a 50% chance of being destroyed and going away. And is that what happened here, except that it didn't blow up? Yeah, yeah, basically. So yeah, we got lucky, basically. Um, and the core dropped in the Roracle. Okay, so you killed the Roracle that picked up the core, and after you killed it, it dropped into space as loot, and you were able to pick up a 30 billion isk core. Exactly, yes. Awesome. I wonder if that's what's going to happen now when a Keepstar is going down and it's certain death, if people won't leave at least one ship there to grab the core, you know, because uh, um, that Roracle pilot, that wasn't a mistake. He was sitting there waiting for that thing to blow up. I, I mean, he was uh, 100% trying to steal that core. Right? If he just want to uh, destroy that core, the best way to pop up a, a dread bomb and just barely kill the... Uh, wreck. That's a hundred percent. Uh, that wreck is gonna die, and the core is not gonna be looted for the other side. Uh, but that that pilot must have some sort of uh, uh, thinking that he, he thought he had the chance of jumping out in a roll call right. mm -hmm. somehow. Yeah, <laughs> but he didn't. So, yeah, yeah, like a magician. Uh, that's an interesting point you just made. I didn't think about that. When the Keepstar is destroyed. The core exists inside the wreckage. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. And so if you destroy the wreckage, then you have a 50% chance of destroying the core. And you 100% destroy the core if you destroy the wreck. Oh, okay. So, you, so, it's, you... so basically, a wreck is a loot container. If you destroy the loot container, nothing drops after that oh, loot container. Oh, interesting. Yeah, good point. Good point. Abby, were you going to say something there? Yeah, no, I was just going to say that, yeah, it, it won't drop from the wreck. So shooting the wreck is the only way to, like, 100% destroy it. Cool. Yeah, and usually, like, a dread bomb is more than enough to take out uh, a, a wreck before you die. So, yeah. All right. I like that, though, trying to grab the core and then have a sino yeah. lit somewhere and jump out before they can nab you. That would have been cool if you pulled it off. Yeah, if you pull it off, it's a great story. Very jealous. Uh, what else we got? Yeah, uh, I think one, I think, more recent news uh, compared to the others, uh, Siege Green deployed to Stain. Uh, oh, cool. Whether we don't know if that's uh, associated with Winter Core or not, but yeah. Yeah, Siege Green is an interesting group, but every time I look at for information on them, uh, the language barrier is a huge obstacle. Previously, I thought of them as closely associated with Winter Co., but... More recently, uh, Fraternity has been showing up on the uh, same side as their long-time rivals snuffed out. So I'm not sure what's up with them recently. Um, but they're actively trying to um, to take south in SOK area. So I'll, 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 well, at least I'm convinced that uh, they are uh, not being ordered, but uh, being told, at least, uh, by Noros. Yeah, welcome to Ron's crew. Just finished watching him. watching Talking in stations, we just finished talking about the election. Good luck to Ron, who is running for CSM. I hope you guys voted for him, you, you fans of his. Yeah, he's not... He's hot, low enough on even his own alliance's belt that he, he has a good chance, but he's going to need help. Yeah, it'd be nice to... Uh... Nice to see him get in there. He is a, is a good follower follower base, so maybe that will help. Uh, but a lot of those guys are maybe committed to other tickets if they're voting the way their alliance wants them to vote. Okay, so again, uh, that headline was Siege Green moving to where? Esoteria. Hmm. Stain, okay. basically Stain. They're uh, staged in uh, Stain, NBC, Null, but they're moving towards uh, Esoteria. In, gen in general, I've observed that the worst part about being in stain is that you're in stain. Stain's rough. Now it has a gate, yeah. so it's not it won't be as rough as it was. But so uh, stain connecting to SO, which is over here. All right. So what do they intend to do there? You don't know. Okay. We don't know. Uh, they're in our soft. So <laughs> are you okay? But you're you guys are in that solve, so. That's interesting, right? You guys yeah, are living. I mean, I, I don't think they're. Yeah, I, I don't think they're. Uh, they're trying to take salt, but more like a harassment. Uh, well, they're your time that. zone, aren't they? Uh, because uh, AOM yeah, so. AOM is Chinese time zone, or it used to be AU time zone, and they're in Korea. Siege Green. So essentially, the same same time zone. So yeah. before, like uh, when we we're facing uh, Bastion and Ferra. And good sacks, um, we can always uh, time zone tank them. <laughs> we set our uh, inbound to um, 
very early hours, like early afternoon uh, uh, for AUTZ. Uh, they couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> it was like either middle of their night or, or something like that. So, but right now we do have a problem with uh, Siege Green. You do have a problem with Siege Green. An interesting little problem. Your time yeah. zone, you can't time, time zone tank them. You're going to have to play ball when they come uh, setting timers on you guys. So good luck. Uh, one last thing before we go. Leviathan. What's this? CCP Alpha. By the way, CCP Alpha, he's a developer for uh, EVE Online. I think he's actually in the marketing team, but he's so he's not a, like a game developer, but he's an employee, I guess. He used to run the Rental Empire for XIX a long time ago for UAX Death. He's a Russian guy. Nice guy, really cool. Was, was this uh, his personal titan like... Uh like a convict brought to the Chappie event last year for Chappie's birthday? Or did he just use CCP magic to conjure this? I'm not sure he's allowed to do that, though it might be his personal Titan. Um, this died in... It didn't die in an event. It looks like it died to snuffed out, right? Or what? what no, it was, it was for the PvP event. The... Oh, okay. Sorry. Okay, um... Then obviously maybe. stuff that yeah. came yeah. and killed the titan and low set i mean obviously they came to kill it yeah then maybe then maybe i think if it's for like an event to promote ccp i think they might let them actually spring something to life that isn't theirs i think that's actually what happened in pappy's case too well actually i'm not no sure. convict brought ro his own uh, yeah brought his own personal okay. leviathan that might be because it wasn't company-sponsored event. It was a player-created event. So there's a difference. So he sacrifices. Uh, also interesting, also interesting in the low slot, it has abyssal um, damage control. So I, I don't know if it's... Yeah, uh, I'd be surprised if a company-spawn thing had an abyssal item. Yeah, uh, and, and the fit looks um, old, I feel like. It's not yeah. like a normal standard doctrine fit yeah it was probably garaged because he joined ccp and had to park it for a while uh i'm looking for the abyssal what what was it uh damage control, damage control. Right here oh there's a little red guys hard to see abyssal damage control yeah wild uh, i believe he didn't drops so we didn't we don't know what kind of uh stats how, how good the uh, yeah we don't know the stats about it but well it was worth it, it's a like, nice fit yeah it was worth 0.1 credits. <laughs> Probably not. No, all the abyssals show up on the kill boards as 0.1 because it there's no way for the kill board to yeah. check the stats and, and the price and the price of those things is crazy anyway, and it's all done on contracts. Interesting is the, the listing price of uh, Titans is back up. It's now at 73. That should go a lot higher over time, but it's good to see it on its way up instead of on its way down. Okay, cool. Yeah. What else we got? Anything else? Well, there was that. Uh, remember how a few weeks ago there was some controversy over the fate of the old uh, Noir Fortizar in Pravi Block's staging system? Yeah. Um, yeah. That one finally went abandoned at and oh this week this weekend, and there was a fight over uh, who would get to loot it. And I wasn't there, but. I heard that Snuffed Out uh, showed up and was able to hold the grid to, to loot it, but a lot of stuff died on 
many different alliances. Right. Okay. Uh, the an interesting thing about it is the person who bought the that Forzar from Noir it has since then joined a, a corporation in the network Noir's Alliance. Yeah, because I think he was a I think he was a good faith dealer in that yeah. whole thing, and they appreciated that. But it's an interesting story. You can hear the whole story on Declarations of War about two episodes back. I don't know if somebody can look that up for me so we can get the right episode for them. But they uh, talk about the situation that they're in. Now, the people that make that podcast, Declarations of War, are the people involved in what happened with that. We called it the, um, I think we called it the black market or something, pirate market uh, in Pravi. Uh, it was theirs, and they basically had, um, it wasn't a falling out, but some confusing, uh, they had some confusing communication with Wrecking Crew. They decided to go their own way, and uh, because they didn't like how communication went down, so they took off. And Noir is, is basically... It called, uh, sorry, is it Home Wreckers, that episode? Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, because it was their home. But they um, they have a, an alliance or a coalition called The Network, which is uh, all these... Any group that does streaming can join their uh, coalition or alliance. And uh, so they just yeah. want to you know, get, get these people that do streaming and stuff together like they do. So, Yeah, when they left uh, RC to move to Thera, one of the people in uh, Dreadbomb who was a... Uh, a former member of Noir decided to start his own blobs focused corp and that joined the network. And that's also the one that the Fortazar's new owner joined. Right. So, but he bailed them out because the situation went sour. They wanted to give him, they basically gave him commands on who could enter that Fortazar or not. And Noir was like, well, let's, kind of up to us but you know we'll try to accommodate you but they're like no you must do this if not we'll just come and destroy it and it just became ugly and then this guy steps yeah. in and says well i'll buy it off you for a fair price and so he paid a fair price and then at that point noir said thank you for the fair price uh rc didn't like the way this went down we're out of here and they took off and so now the guy that bought it for a fair price he's gone to join the coalition that noir uh, has so that's how it all ends yeah and uh part of it was that uh wrecking crew has grown pretty substantially over the years so n now it's no longer a small group of people who are rich old veterans and they actually have have a lot of people who want to live and crab in their own bit of sov, and obviously though they weren't happy about the idea of a free port that hostiles could dock in in their home crabbing space. Yeah, growing uh, pains. I think they all suffer. They all suffer at some point. Yeah, wrecking crew is more than any other group become a very different group uh, in the past y two years to what it used to be. Okay. Got it. Uh, all right. Well, listen, and, 
The other interesting thing that happened over the weekend is that a corporation, Imperial Federation, uh, moved from Test to Goodenswarm. Oh, yeah. This was uh, something I just you told me about earlier. Tell us about that. That is interesting. Well, <laughs> report, reportedly, the FC... Uh, what's, the, what's the group name? To- I'll look it up real quick. Imperial Federation. Okay. I-Fed is the corp ticker. Reportedly, the CEO told everyone to be ready for some sort of move up with, I guess, with all their capital ships ready and subs suitcased in them. And they did not know where they would be moving to until the Sino went up and it was 1DQ. So uh, over the past couple days, they've lost the majority of characters in that corporation imperial because, federation is that what they call yes because that obviously put a lot of people in an awkward situation it kind of reminds me of how the siberian squads flip went down because when they flipped uh to the imperium uh they they also had people Still, even though they had announced their departure from Legacy several weeks before, they still had a lot of people with stuff in the T5Z Keepstar, and they had been telling their members that they still would have uh, like a week or so, or maybe just a few days to move their stuff out, which obviously got revoked as soon as they joined the Imperium. Okay, so I so this uh, flip uh, of a corporation reminds me of how that went down. Yeah, you have that massive dip there because of it. That is a kidnapping. That's not a... You literally kidnapped your guys uh, and flipped sides in a war. That's almost like prank-level stuff, right? (laughs) People are like, we're going where? No. (laughs) I'm jumping off this life raft. And now there's a lot of posting about how... From Imperium members about how Test should... But should have known better and was stupid to trust him, which honestly, now that because they're taking him in, even though they're saying that he was already known to be untrustworthy, doesn't really make them look any better either. I mean, he had like 400 characters in. That's a, that's a good, strong corporation. Yeah, I think that's larger than my corporation. Yeah. But it is funny to, I've never seen that before. I've never seen, he had to know. That wasn't going to go over well. So he's literally saying, for the for the laughs, for the lulls, I'm going to move us to the other side of this war without telling my guys that I'm doing it. Just saying, get ready, here we go, put on a blindfold. Okay, Sino's up, we're jumping to the other side of this war on the other team. Uh, so 200 stayed, so he lost half. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah, I don't... I don't know how many of those 200s would stay because that includes people who are haven't been able to log in for the past few days for some reason or another, as well as people who have been active during that time. So I don't know how many of those will be staying. But they, for... didn't, they didn't move. They're just still in the corp. But their stuff yes. still where it was because they probably weren't there for the move up. Okay. Yeah, the ones who haven't logged been logging in i'm sure that they will be leaving because their stuff got stranded 
Yeah, that's a great little story to end on. Uh, we'll have to look into it a little bit more. It's got some humor to it. Uh, also, some uh, I just never seen a, a CEO kidnap his uh, his own team because he must have known that was going to destroy it. So, yeah, uh, uh, that was kind of in some ways that sounds like what now uh, a lot of the detractors of GigX accuse his uh, approach to diplomacy of being. Uh, why don't you explain that? That he uh, was too quick to make and break alliances. That was his, he was a known quantity for always taking the fighting way out. And he didn't like diplomats that got in the way of that. Like diplomats yeah, so to him were paper pushers. He was always a warlord. And that's what CO2 was. So part of that, according to uh, some people who I know, since my corporation years before I joined was a longtime CO2 corporation, mm -hmm. I've heard that he he had trusted the judge to make uh, more deals than other uh, of the paper pusher type people in the alliance. So he he gave him a much longer leash so you could say that he was a bit too hands off with the judge well that may be so but i i always think that uh gigax had his direction and he was going in his direction and i think that's why it got all messy because he got tied into some, some... did you miss the joke there yeah, on purpose <laughs> uh the the idea is that he's uh, a warlord guy, you know, and yeah, you can make deals and he'll look at it and say, all right, whatever. But I, I, I think he didn't like being locked up out of combat. And that's what deals do is they prevent, you know, you prevent worry because you prevent groups from fighting you, but you have obligations too. And I don't think he liked obligations that didn't produce fights for a long time after gig X was gone and in, in, you know, in recent times, um, people were like, we need people like GigX. We need people to jump into fights, even when they think they're going to, when they're outgunned and outmanned or whatever, they still jump in and they go and brawl because that's where a lot of fun happens. So people really miss that guy. And I think when he was knocked out of the game in that really unfortunate way, a lot of FCs, I'm talking like high, big FCs, none of them like that. No, they always want to see a warrior go down a different way, right? Uh, they don't want to see him knocked out because of a technicality, especially an attitude like, you know, an insanity moment uh, because they know that he was uh, somebody that they fought against and liked fighting against. And um, they were all kind of stunned and they were all kind of upset about it, I think. There was a big, there was a big kind of, moment where they were talking amongst each other um, not consoling each other at all but just kind of like this kind of sucks we don't, we don't really like this exit anyway that's history for now that is all the time that we have thank you uh, Shen, Gregorin and Abby for staying up late Abby. and I'll be jumping over to Trash Talk Tuesday yeah and we'll send the rest of you guys over with Gregorin so you can watch Trash Talk Tuesday too thanks for sticking with us Talking in Stations is back uh, we are going to evolve because we want to push um, this whole thing that we do, the content creation. We, I think we pioneered a lot of stuff and it's time to 
a lot of people have caught up to us and really, frankly, do a great job. So we're going to figure out how to make different shows, different variety of content. It is worth listening to. So we want your feedback on if you like things or don't like things so that we can make adjustments. But we are back. Uh, I took a week off to take a break. Uh, I uh, uh, lit a stick of dynamite and blew up the world. Uh, we'll talk about that someday while I was taking a break. So uh, I decided I would just make sure I took at least one week off, but I came back a week early. So that's why that's why I'm here. And if you guys like Talking in Stations and you want to support us here on this channel, go ahead and uh, subscribe with, a, with your Prime. That doesn't cost you anything or subscribe in general. Or you can now join the YouTube uh, club that we're starting. And of course, as always, patreon.com slash matterall. That's me. And that helps support this whole thing. And it's great because uh, that kind of money is the kind of money that goes into a new PC. So we don't overheat. So the show doesn't break in half when we're trying to do uh, complicated stuff inside the game. So I would appreciate all your support. Uh, but more than anything else, your well wishes uh, over the week have been life-sustaining in this arena, in this meta arena. And I really appreciate everybody that wrote me and uh, sent some good wishes, like Ron USMC reached out. Very, very nice message from him. And a lot of other people from really unexpected places. Wormholers, Snuff. Uh, I, di I didn't want to make any of that public, but I thought it was really interesting that the people that were writing me were from all over the game, which tells me we're diversified, which is great. Okay, guys, thanks. We will see you tomorrow for more Talking in Stations.